Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hi, uh, so welcome to the 1865 Match Report, recording the morning after Crystal Palace and Nottingham Forest recorded a nil-nil draw. It was uh, 400 Premier League games for Roy Hodgson, and he was an experienced manager 20 years in the game before the Premier League even started, so uh, quite a big deal for him. Um, as for Forrest, we lined up in a sort of 4-3-3 kind of formation. Matt Turner continuing in, in goal. Serge Aurier on the right with Harry Toffolo coming in on the left with Willy Bolo and Murillo in the middle. Then our midfield three of Mangala, Songare and Dominguez um, continuing from the Brentford game. And then up front, we had Gibbs White on the right, Hudson Odoi on the left, and Chris Wood stepping in for the injured Taiwo up front. Um, it has to be said that this wasn't the most exciting of games, but we definitely started the better and made more of the, the best chances. Uh, the first real chance of note was um, a corner that Gibbs White took Ball spills out to Harry Toffolo, who was probably 30 yards out, and he proper hit it, gave it a good old Jack Colback. Um, but it was a relatively easy save for Johnston. One of the absolute highlights of the entire game was a long ball out of defence by Barillo. He goes over the shoulder of Gibbs White. Gibbs White, you could see the concentration on his face, and he just dinks it over the keeper, but it comes back in off the post. Would have been absolutely amazing if that had gone in. Um, Jordan Ayew got a cross shot kind of thing coming in from our from our left hand side, um, no, our right hand side rather. Uh, Turner punches it away, and their sub Saki couldn't uh, capitalize on that. And then right at the end of the first half, Murillo picks the ball out, maybe forty yards out, just inside their half. He beats. Four of their defenders on this massive mazy run, uh, putting Gay on his ass, uh, and then has two shots, both of which were saved by the keeper. In the second half, it carried on more more of the same. Um, Palace sort of coming into it a bit more. Mateta put it wide after um, Edward sort of cut us open um, on the break. Um, we had a 
good period of sustained pressure. Um, Toffolo crosses it for Montiel, who replaced Aurier, and we'll talk about that later. Uh, Montiel shoot, uh, shoots, but it's deflected away. There's another bit where Dominguez cuts inside from the right-hand side and forces a save off Johnston. And then finally, towards the end, um, Origi, who came on as a late-ish sub, um, runs to meet Johnston, uh, but can't quite take the ball off him. So uh, that was kind of the highlights of the game. As I say, it was nil-nil. And to be honest, we're probably looking back on that, thinking we could have got more out of that game. So I'm joined by George, who was at Selhurst Park. Uh, How was it for you, George? Yeah, it was a good day out. I think, like you say, especially before the game as well, both sets of fans uh, were saying, you know, we'll take a draw and move on. I think that's a good place. It shows where Forest are because... This time last year, these are games we had to win, otherwise we'd be cut or drift by 10 points. But it's the sort of game Forest can come into, knowing that if they get a point, a decent performance, which it was, uh, a move on then, that's exactly what we wanted. And by the end of it, I think it's a better point for Palace than it was for Forest. We were the better team throughout, like you said. There was a bit of a spell in the start of the second half where we didn't wake up. But I think it was a very promising performance with the possession that we had and we didn't really manage to make any clear-cut chances, but it's certainly an improvement. And it was a brilliant day out. The fans were excellent throughout the game. So, yeah, brilliant day. The only thing that tarnished it for me was the view, because Selhurst Park, I think that's the worst view I've had uh, at an away game for a couple of years. Uh, I think they've just put seats on the terrace in and anything down the left wing, sort of over the halfway line, I couldn't see. So I was having to look up at the TV screen. <laughs> because everyone around me is six foot and I'm five foot nine. So I thought so from my grandma next to me, who's five foot two, I don't know how she saw anything. Um, <laughs> but the game was uh, promising signs. So, uh, yeah, so obviously, like the last time we went to Selhurst Park, um, Tom sent us a video of like the, the Waka Waka celebrations. So you're saying the atmosphere, not quite that good, but not far off? No, the Waka Waka chant did come out at one point as well. <laughs> uh, but no, it wasn't wasn't quite as lively as that day was. But it was certain we were certainly louder than the Palace fans, um, I thought. And it was just it was a similar mood, obviously not the party atmosphere, but a very positive um fan base, which it's great to be a part of things when, you know, things are going that way. And we're not pulling up any trees, but I think the fans are realistic and are just grateful for where we are because a couple of seasons ago we were an average mid table championship side. Yeah. Now we're an average mid table Premier League side. So <laughs> well, I don't know which one it, I'd rather be in. That, actually that was one of my thoughts is probably sort of partway through the second half, I was thinking these are two very, very solid mid-table sides here. Yeah. <laughs> Which um, that's that's a long way to have come in very, a very short time. Yeah, Paddy Power, I think a few weeks ago, wasn't it, they tweeted about Man City playing against mid-table teams or something, and it <laughs> yeah. made us Forest fans days because being a mid-table Premier League team after being out of the league for 23 years, we'd take that, wouldn't we? Yeah, Absolutely. So um, there's a couple of things I had down to to talk about. Um, so first of all, I think probably the most spectacular thing of the entire game was Murillo. Um, I said against um, Brentford, he's a big old unit. He's not tall, but he's he's very very hefty, and you can see he's got quite a lot of power. But he's got no short small amount of skill and, and vision either. Yeah, he seems to have it all. I mean, for that chance, he picks it up on halfway. He gets past Hughes and someone else. Then you think he's going to shoot. Then he jinks it past Gerhi, like you say, puts it on his ass, And then you just wish that maybe he got his foot through it. But he sort yeah. of, it was his weak foot, when it? And it was straight at Johnson and he couldn't score the rebound. But 
I think his he just showed everything in that performance. Like you say, he's not the tallest, but he's fantastic in the air. I think he reads the game brilliantly. And him alongside Bolly, he he compliments Bolly really well because he almost looks like the experienced player there. I mean, <laughs> I've never been the biggest fan of Bolly, but there was a, a time in the first half where um, Sangare and Bolly both dived in for a stupid challenge. And then it, Palace had a ball over the top that was on Bolly's side. And it could have been dangerous, but Murillo just read it. He stepped across. He launched it into Rose Ed and allowed Forrest to regroup. And that's the sort of thing that maybe you don't notice, but it's what you've got to do as a defender. You've got to read the game and cover for your partner. So it was a really experienced performance. You'd think he'd been in the Premier League for years. Uh, and obviously his passing, range of passing was good as well. Finding Gibbs White over the top with that ball that, like you say, kissed the post. So it was just a complete defender's performance. I, I don't know if he got man of the match from Sky or what, but he was definitely my man of the match. Yeah, yeah. He did, I think, yeah. yeah. And um, I mean, it wasn't just that one pass as well. There was, he did it a couple of times. Uh, he just, it was Gibbs White that couldn't quite capitalise on it at the other end. So that vision to to just pick that sort of stuff out. Um, and actually that leads on quite nicely to Solvar's style of play in general, because I would say, I, I, I can't remember, at one point the stats were saying 50-50 possession. And... Um, Palace, a bit like us last season, weren't really a side that that was set up for having lots and lots of possession. And this new style of play, as it were, is something we're kind of growing into. Um, How do you think it worked for us? I've got to say, you say the 50-50, it felt like we had a lot lot more of possession than them. I don't know if that's because we're used to Forest having 20% possession, (laughs) so us having a balanced amount, it seems like we've got it all the time. But I think it, it was good. The one thing that I picked up on was the midfield three work brilliantly together and in possession I think they're fantastic and they're both they're all sort of finding their way with the new system and, and Gibbs White did fantastically but with Forrest playing that three in midfield and then Gibbs White in there we, I think we sort of lack a bit of width on the right hand side and there's a few times where Aurier who did a fantastic job um, but he can't go forward every time and he sort of gets the ball and there's no one running ahead of him where sort of before we'd have Johnson dying down there and you can play him in. I think we we missed that outlet. So I think the aim is to get to a position where we can just play two in midfield um, and build off that and have a more balanced midfield and attack. But yeah, I think it's working well. We, we've got players like Dominguez, Mangala, Sangari in there who just look better every game and having those more technical players in there, the possession football that we're going to play is going to be easier. So I think it's positive signs and it's nice not to just be watching the other team play. It's nice to see Forrest actually getting a foothold in the game, looking like the better team and making things happen as opposed to just launching up to Awanyi, hoping he wins a flick on and trying to get something from that. I have to say, um, Mangala would have been one of my like quiet shouts for man of the match because I thought he was outstanding. He's Because he's got Sangare and Dominguez alongside him, it just means that he can do the quiet mopping up stuff and yeah. he seems to knowing that he's got those players around him means that he's much more confident in doing that. Whereas last season, he seemed a little bit panicked sometimes on the ball, whereas now he knows he's got an outlet for it. Yeah. And I think Mangala, you know, he's fantastic in that role. He, like you say, he does the things that you don't see. And he's never, he's never, you know, one of those that makes these long passes or has a, yeah, he always, he's always in a position really from corners to have long shots. I don't know why I've noticed that, <laughs> but we always, he always seems to be in that position, but but yeah, it just goes about that stuff quietly. It's like um, a few years ago when we had Ben Watson in that role mm. and he had that 
couple of great seasons just doing that, doing the things that you don't notice, but it's needed. And last season, I suppose, with Freuler alongside him, who I, I was never a fan of, he, he sort of almost had to do two players' jobs, whereas now he's got we've got that balance in midfield. He can just go about his business quietly, like you say, and every week he's a six or seven out of ten, and that's the type of player you need in midfield, I think, in the Premier League, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. So... um You've already touched on this. So one of the things that I noticed was there, there were a few times um, where we, when Palace had the ball, we would sit and defend relatively deep, back, backing almost back to our our low block. Yeah. We'd win the ball back and there would be the chance for the counter. And yet we took the ball forward very, very slowly, giving yeah. uh, Palace the time to get men behind the ball again. And part of that was that we don't have the likes of Jono playing up on the right to run into that space. And we had Chris Wood, who's obviously not as pacey as, as a one year. Um, do you think that's a worry that we can't, we've sort of lost that old style of play? Yeah, I, I'm not sure really. I think there was a lot of times where we had the chance to, but we didn't. I remember in the first half, Toffolo often got in some good positions down the left, but he never got picked out. Forrest just, turn back and Hudson and I did it as well you know they were sort of almost sticking to the style too rigidly and trying to pass it around and find the perfect chance whereas you've got to find that balance which it'll come over time as they get used to playing that football but you know like you said there was times where we had a chance to nip it around the corner or to play it and hope someone could run onto it but we just chose the safe option so I think that outlet in Johnson was missing and I think that's something that when Anthony Alanga starts, we've got to try and get him involved in games a bit more because against Brentford and Man City, he didn't, I suppose he didn't start against City, did he? But against Brentford, when he started, he didn't really have um, any impact in the game. And that probably is because in the few games that he's played, you know, Arsenal away coming off the bench, counter-attacking when we're hanging on, things like that, that's where he thrives. So we've got to adapt to it and nothing's going to be perfect at this stage. But yeah, I think it's promising signs. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. For the 2023-24 season, 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast, is sponsored by Green King Sports, where football is more than the game. Green King Sports venues are showing every televised Forest fixture over the course of the season. So instead of turning to the internet for a dodgy stream, get your mates together and get down to your local Green King pub and get closer to the action. They've just launched the Green King Sport Instagram page, which will be the home of fan content, deals and competitions throughout the season. Drop them a follow and you won't just be the first to know all about this. You'll be helping us out at 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast as well. Now, back to your podcast. You're listening to 1865, the Nottingham Forest podcast. Quick word on uh, Chris Wood. So obviously uh, Taiwo is out for what looks like a month uh, Luckily, that kind of hits with the international break, so we might not miss him for too many games. How do you yeah. think Chris Wood did? Well, it was interesting 
to see which one he'd choose, wasn't it? Because we had Origi and Wood who mm. both had been coming off the bench at similar times and it felt like they were sort of almost even. But Cooper put his loyalty in Chris Wood and I suppose he, he had to repay him. I, I don't think he'd, he never does too bad. He never does things really wrong. But, you know, he's a very different player to Taiwo who gets himself involved in the game. You always know he's there. He's on the defenders. He's winning headers. Whereas I, I sort of don't know what Wood's strength is. I mean, he's taller than Owanyi, but he never seems to win anything in the air. He's not got much pace about him. And I suppose the one place where you've seen him best is in the 18-yard box with crosses coming in. You look at the two goals. I think it's two goals he scored yeah, against City. Sneaking and then, in at the far post. Yeah. And then that little flick, that little header, you know, it's those strikers moments. But we're not a team that creates bag loads of chances. And we almost need a striker that creates his own chances like Tyro does at times. Mm. So I think it's it's a bit of both. It's Wood sort of not adapted to our style, but also was not playing to his strengths. Um, I think also something that I was going to mention as well was if Forrest in possession, the Palace made it very difficult for them because, like you said, Forrest were very quick to drop off. Palace held a very high line and really packed the midfield, made it difficult for Forrest to to get through there. And that obviously opened the opportunity for balls over the top like Gibbs-White, but we didn't capitalise on that because we had no pace. So mm. I think that's that's another thought I had. Well, yeah, and you, I guess yeah, you've touched on it, sort of Hudson-Odoi, you'd expect him to maybe have that, that little bit blast of pace, but he kind of drifted out of the game a little bit. Yeah, he did. I mean... He did a few sort of take-ons and got past a few players early on. But as the half went on and as we got into the second half, he, sort of, he just sort of almost went missing, didn't he? And mm. he, didn't, he didn't have much of an impact. Maybe he would have been better trying to go on the other side, see if he could have beaten that fullback a bit more. But yeah, I think it was... I think the two players that didn't really have much of an impact on the game were Wood and, and Hudson-Odoi. Wood, because he didn't get himself involved. And Hudson and Doyle maybe just because he chose the safe option quite a few times and opted maybe not to dink it through someone's legs or try and get past someone, which as a player like Hudson and Doyle is, that's what you've got to do, take risks. And mm. I think maybe that was missing from his game last night. So, and then the final thing, um, I just want to talk about a little bit about the substitutions. So Aurier, um looked like he was going to come off in the yeah. first half, but um, on on Sky, they showed him having a big argument with the medical staff and saying, um, "I'm staying on." Really, I didn't see that. Yeah. Oh, wow! So he he was, but yeah, he was basically pointing at his groin, going, "I'm staying like that," and, and they 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 let him stay on till half time, and then he was replaced by Montiel. Um, and then later in the half, we had um, Yates coming on. We had uh, Kiate coming on. That was kind of like that would have been a pretty nice thing if he, he could have scored against his former club and Origi is Origi and Alanga coming on as well uh I don't think any of them were for injuries though so that's that's kind of a, a, a bonus point there but how do you think they did how do they influence the game I think uh Montiel continues to impress he had that difficult game didn't he at home mm. against was it Burnley um that he had to be taken off against but since then I think his performances have been positive he he offered, I think like him and Toffolo did did perfectly in the second half down the flanks. They had that, was it Aldaki or something, that that winger that was yeah. on Toffolo's side, but he looked the most threatening player and Toffolo dealt with him brilliantly. But the pair of them, um, him and Montiel, I thought brought us great width. Uh, Montiel obviously had a couple of chances, especially that scissor kick from the edge of the box. So that, yeah. was, out of no, that was out of nowhere, wasn't it? Uh, but yeah, I, I've been impressed by Montiel. I don't think we, they had anything 
Dadhis side. Um, I think Ayu had a sort of glance of a header in the second half that Mitchell crossed in. But I think Montiel continues to impress. He's, you know, World Cup winner. He's He played a decent amount of minutes in the World Cup, so he's not going to be a slouch. And maybe it's just him adjusting to the league and getting used to it. So I think Montiel is a good sign. I think Yates and that substitution really um, woke us up like Yates does, doesn't he? He comes on and gets himself around because I think up until that point, we've been very lethargic in the second half. You know, we'd had this positive performance in the first half where we'd looked the better side and you just hope Forrest could kick on, but they sort of didn't wake up and there was that lack of intensity, lack of energy. And then it just came flooding back when Yates came on. And then as we sort of got into the last 15, 20 minutes of the game, there was only one side trying to win the game and, and that was Forrest. And they didn't emulate that by creating bag loads of chances. But if you if you watch the game, you could see there was only one side that was trying to win mm. that. So I think Cooper's substitutions influenced that. I think there's going to be a, another cry from the press that Santos didn't get any minutes because that's what <laughs> they've been hounding for, isn't it? Um, but I don't think that's the game for Santos. You know, it, it, I don't know when the game is for Santos because every game in the Premier League is tight and you want to minimise the risk as, as much as possible. But I certainly don't think it was the time to throw him on and you know expect him to be able to carry the mm. team over the line when you've got experience like Piatte on the bench. Definitely. So uh, so that's we'll, we'll leave it there then. So that's it. Um, it finished nil-nil. Um, but yeah, Forrest in the ascendancy probably um, looking like a very, very decent mid-table Premier League club. And as I said Just before... Just one. <laughs> yeah, we, we'd have absolutely bitten your hand off for that two years ago when Steve Cooper came in. So thank you very much, George. Thank you for um, your insights on Selhurst Park. Um, and we'll be back uh, after, oh, during the international break. So uh, we hope to see you then. Uh, thank you very much for listening. Network. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.